Good evening, everyone. Oh, the scriptures are a preacher's nightmare at this time because they're very difficult. Uh, most people find um, the first reading of the gospel very unsettling, and uh, particularly the gospel, gospel because it portrays Jesus um, in a different light than we understand. Uh, it is shocking to many that faith in Christ should cause divisions within families and friends and associates and in communities. And uh, back in Jesus' time, a whole nation, the nation of Israel. Uh, these words of Christ, however, describe the real experience of the very first Christians, um, where conversions to Christ did in fact tear families apart and friends became enemies and communities uh, did not see eye to eye any longer. My friends, in those days, there were no safety nets as we understood it. Um, the only thing there was was family, so when there were problems, it became extremely challenging. My friends, to become Christian meant living in a way of life that separated you from um, the family um, of the time and giving up. Uh, in Jesus' time, they would have had to have given up their inheritance. They would have given up their social standings. Uh, the established religion was Judaism uh, amongst the Jews, uh, and, of course, the Romans had all kinds of nutty ideas. Uh, but, um, my friends, in this experience, it's not so long ago or far away. Uh, it is experienced in degrees by people from other Christian denominations, uh, by the Jewish people, uh, certainly by Mormons. Uh, um, I seem to be also confused by what they actually believe. Um, and uh, today... Um, the nation of Islam, uh, Muslim families, um, in particular those who choose to become Christian from those faiths, um, they encounter uh, a lot of hatred and a lot of misunderstanding. And uh, unfortunately, if they choose to become a Catholic Christian, it seems even more venomous, uh, our family and friends towards them. Um, my friends, and today when many people tend to take their religion so lightly, uh, serious loyalty to Christ uh, um, makes things very uneasy and, and even hostile uh, when these conversions happen from these other denominations, from these other religions um, into the, the Christian faith. This gospel shows us another side of Jesus, uh, not the peaceful shepherd, but a Christ that has a great fire within him, a very holy fire. When Jesus says that he came to light a fire on the earth, of course, um, <laughs> despite the fact that he did have a barbecue, <laughs> that's not what he was talking about here. Um, um, it's Father Mark with his sense of humor. Um, this fire is that of conviction, uh, a fire of commitment. And um, so for your Reflection, I'd like to pose these questions to you. It's for you to answer, but uh, what conviction do you have about Jesus Christ, actually? And uh, is that conviction uh, held like Jeremiah in our first reading, uh, who opposed the sins of a whole nation and suffered great persecution because of it? Or, as we heard in our second reading from our ancestors in the faith uh, who lived by conviction and like the saints whose loyalty to Jesus Christ 
shape their very life. How deep is your conviction about Jesus Christ? And, uh, and my friends, I bring this up uh, a few years back ago because uh, you remember we started a t-shirt campaign. Remember where I got you to wear the St. Nicholas logo? And do you remember why I did that? One of the reasons why was because I saw all of you flying your sports jerseys here. Especially around football season, which is coming. You know, Father Miller is not a sportsy person, uh, and that's fine. But um, some folks are so committed, because I see it on the news and on TV, they're so committed to the football team and the baseball team uh, that they you know, fights start. And, and that's a passion. But um, they don't hesitate to mm, be passionate about that. But when it comes to Christ, I wonder. I don't see that passion, and I wonder why. Why? When eternal life is in your hands, and this man gave his life for you, that you don't have that passion burning within you in the same way. It's for you. I've already gotten emails about that. Now, Father, now, 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 now. <laughs> and to my response, now, now, I'm speaking about eternal life. So uh, it's very important. How do you wish your pastor to speak to you? Do you want me to pretend like it doesn't matter? I am not going to be that pastor for you. You already know that after five years, right? My friends, the fire that Jesus desires, uh, or that he speaks of in the scriptures, is that of loyalty and of commitment. Because Jesus did not come to bring an easy peace by ignoring problems and, uh, and having us look the other way. Um, he came to bring a holy and a spiritual fire upon the earth to undo the very power of evil in our world and in ourselves and to remake the face of the earth um, for every generation that would follow. So as baptized Christians, we are called not to sit apathetically uh, on the fence, but to join in on his campaign. And um, you join in this campaign uh, by educating your children in the knowledge of Christ and of the faith and, um, and by speaking a gospel truth uh, to the people with whom you live and with those who you work with. And uh, um, you join in by insisting on honesty and fairness in business and in politics, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that alone should keep you busy these days. <laughs> oh, and it's coming. The 2020 is coming. Oh, Father Mark has to get ready to help all of you guys with that. Um, stay calm and peaceful, uh, not to lose your, your sense of peace about that. But my friends, uh, everyone who's a baptized Christian, I'm talking about all Christians, um, we must be in this campaign of Jesus Christ uh, by struggling to restore a moral conscience to our nation. Uh, and to our peoples. And uh, this is the very public side of the campaign, a spiritual firestorm of moral truth that um, Jesus came to let those loose, those things, um, and to fight the forces of evil and to renew the face of the earth. And um, it is a campaign of every generation of Christians uh, that they must fight. Once you pray you've already drawn the lines in the sand as far as Satan is concerned. You will no longer be able to sit on the fence. He will come at you with everything that he has. So in return, I must strengthen you and get you strong. 
I speak in this dramatic way because some of you, uh, I'm always shocked that some Christians and even some of my own Catholic members, oh, do we actually still believe in Satan? My head almost explodes from that one. I don't even know, I don't even know what to do with that. I just, well, I know what I want to do is right in the back of the head of the person. I'm like, did Jesus talk about him? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he exists. Uh, and he's up to all kinds of things. And so I say it's a struggle and it's a fight. Um, it's a struggle for the future and the heart uh, of your children, of your country, of your world. And it's also, there is also a personal side to it. Um, the fire of faith and conviction gives your life direction and definition and purpose. You know, it is a very incorrect of you to think, well, uh, uh, my faith belongs to me, it's personal. No. no. That's a very ignorant thing to say. Jesus came and created a church. That's why I say it's very ignorant of anyone, any Christian, to say such a thing. Yes, you must have a personal relationship, but it is very public also. Jesus made it so when he left his apostles and created his church for that. And my friends, and just because our society's values are com confused does not mean that yours have to be. And just because our nation's culture is morally adrift doesn't mean that yours has to be. And just because some people are unsure about right and wrong, about what makes for deep human fulfillment, doesn't mean you have to be that way. Just because people are indifferent to the dignity of all human life doesn't mean that you must be also. My friends, uh, one of our members sent me uh, a very disturbing uh, email that had a 911 call attached to it. I was horrified by what I heard. And it had to do with that wicked place in Tacoma where they destroy lives, masking it as rights of women and looking out for them. I wish all of you would hear that 911 call. You would have a different outlook about what was going on in that place. And just because people are casual about uh, commitments these days and loyalties doesn't mean you have to be. My Lord, I was in shock last week when someone was trying to school me on polyamorous and I'm like what in the world is that and when they told me I'm like are you insane <laughs> you're actually entertaining this idea sometimes I do want to run away to the monastery <laughs> <laughs> but my friends the fire of faith gives our life direction but that fire must be constantly fueled and fed and tended to we do this by being in communion with our Lord through prayer, through his church, and for us Catholic Christians, by living a sacramental life. Uh, there's no getting around it. And um, my friends, people are always looking for ways, how can I make my faith stronger? Uh, well, besides the prayer, Father, and besides coming and sitting in the pew. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, why don't we uh, look at the opportunities that are in the parish for you to exercise faith uh, by... Uh, living the life of a disciple by doing things, or uh, if you will, um, 
taking opportunities for service and ministry of any kind, anywhere, St. Vincent de Paul, the Salvation Army, any the food kitchen, uh, the food banks. There's different ways uh, that this can happen. It might be through opportunities in the parish. It might be something individually that you will do, um, a worthy issue that you will take up, some justice or cause. And uh, um, to exercise faith this way will strengthen one's convictions and, uh, and it will help you to grow stronger. With the fire of faith in Christ, your conviction then about the Lord, uh, clarify your life and light the way for others. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Faith is not just a pretty trinket, uh, if you will, to put on your shelf. It is a holy fire uh, that gives light to others. Uh, yes, and yourself, yes. My friends, one point of the readings today is that we should not let our faith remain only as that, just something that we look at from time to time or something we put on for a moment or on a Sunday or, in this case, a Saturday evening. Um, it is to be lived out. Let it be a holy fire then that burns on this earth. My friends, I've told you and you've heard me tell you this, Christianity is not an easy religion. It is one of the most difficult ones because it, desire, it demands commitment and it demands that you do this whether you feel like it or not. Some of the other ancient religions, I feel like and I don't feel like it. I don't mean to pick on any of them, but Buddhism is a really easy one. <laughs> But when you really look at it, there's some deep commitments in there. Uh, one of them, I like to point out to people, it calls for the Buddhist to remain celibate. Did you guys know that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many Buddhists are doing that? <laughs> and there's, there doesn't seem to be any recourse to that. Oh, I didn't do it. That's all there is. Uh, the gospel living is not an easy one, my brothers and sisters. And uh, the very way you live your life day in and day out is to be by faith every day. And uh, it is a way, a choice that you must make. And it is a choice that you will make every single day for the rest of your lives until you reach the promised land. That's just the way it is. But God gives us grace to help with that. <laughs> 